Hello and welcome back for another edition of Soccer from the Zoo's Sporting Kansas City Update. This is Kyle Pinnell, one half of Soccer from the Zoo. I'll be by myself again this week, but usually I will be joined by Michael Howey. Now to start off with, Sporting did fall 2-1 to the Houston Dynamo a week ago. Michael and I recapped that right after the game ended and you can go and check that out on our podcast feed on Spotify. It's also promoted on our Twitter, Soccer at the Zoo, and that's Zoo, Z-O-U. But yeah, let's get into this game day edition of our Sporting Kansas City update, and let's just start with a quick quick few stories from around um, Sporting this week. First is uh, a story on some of the uh, Gianluca Busia rumors. Sam McDowell for the KC Star had this story, um, pointing out a a lot of different options for now, I guess the number six. Uh, a while ago, Fiorentina bid three and a half million dollars or three million euros in that range uh, that SKC shut down. But Busio's agent did confirm interest in, um, from teams in France, England, Italy, and Holland. Busio has five goals in 17 career starts at Sporting, coming up through their academy after leaving home in North Carolina. And uh, he has a father, uh, Italian father and also has been attracting some interest from a lot of clubs in Italy, from Juve to Roma. So I guess the question at this time is, is it really the correct time to be making this move for him? And Michael and I discussed it on our primary show with Weston McKinney making the move to Juventus, where it's great, it's a big club, it's uh, he'll improve as a player, McKinney, um, we were talking about. But is this the right time? Will he get that playing time? that actually matters, uh, get on the field, get that competition. So it's a double-edged sword here. I think that Busio will stay a little longer uh, with Sporting. He's just starting to break into really what's been a good role for him at that number six coming back from Orlando, where he's shown a very different dynamic of himself. So with a player like Busio, it's a matter of when, not if he gets sold to Europe. But I think he'll be around with Sporting for at least through this year's playoffs. Well, that was a great story by Sam McDowell of the KC Star. I would recommend checking out. The other big story from this week came with the release of Sporting's new three-game schedule. You got Minnesota United tonight, which was already there. And then the three new games, they are going to be hosting FC Dallas on September 19th. That's an early afternoon game, 2.30 Central. They'll be hosting Orlando City, and that's a huge game for Sporting. That's going to be 6.30 on Fox Sports 1. Uh, first time they play Orlando City, I believe, this season. Orlando City's been fun under Oscar Pereja and has some good young pieces there. That'll be, I think, two team, the two teams are evenly matched this season, and it'll be a game definitely worth watching. And then they end this um, additional schedule by playing at Colorado, which will be on September 27th at 8 p.m. There's some teams here that Sporting um, have already seen this season. Orlando, of course, Orlando City, of course, is a new one. I think it's a pretty well-balanced schedule for Sporting. I think tonight's game against Minnesota United will be its most difficult of the next four. And, I mean, Peter Vermees talked or went in depth with that on, I believe it was Friday, Friday's press conference when he talked to the media. Um, according to Aaron Ladd of 41 Action News, which is Kansas City's NBC affiliate, 
there will be an increased amount of fans for home games, jumping from around 14 to 18%, roughly 3,300 fans at Children's Mercy Park. And Peter, who has a coach that likes his structure and routine, he did talk about that uncertainty during Friday's media availability. I mean, I think I think I would be, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be just trying to, you know, BS you guys and tell you that, you know, yeah, everything's great and everybody feels good about it. No, not at all. I mean, when, when you're, when you're out of your routine, you're out of your routine. I mean, most people in the world don't like change. Um, and we all have change right now and we're all constantly trying to, you know, deal with whatever the, the news of the day is or the, the updates of the day are. And, and, and again, um, that, that's what I mean by, you know, the inconsistency breeds inconsistency. I mean, players, there's a lot of things that have changed, right? Players aren't used to, um, you know, travel in the day of the game and playing a game. You know, it, that might turn out to be a great thing. Uh, I, again, it, it's not, it's not a complaint. It's just that things have, things are changing all the time and the ability to adapt and adjust has become more of the rule of the day than, uh, you know, kind of the one off. Peter was very um, honest with the media when talking about the release schedule and I mean, he mentioned knowing what the schedule was at the beginning of the season. He knew uh, he could make a plan uh, for the 34 games. And that's been shifting around, as we all know, due to the circumstances surrounding COVID-19. Next, we're going to dive into tonight's game against Minnesota United. It should be a really fun one. A lot of teams are shorthanded. I guess we should start off with that. According to Sporting Kansas City, who released their injury report here, Sporting will be without Winston Reed, midfielders Roger Espinoza and Felipe Gutierrez, forward Eric Hurtado, who had their lone goal against the Dynamo last week, Alan Pulido, and Daniel Salawi. Now, that's a pretty big list for Sporting, and I believe it was yesterday on Saturday the, the team released that a player did test positive for COVID. All the other players and staff were also tested and returned negative results and are asymptomatic. So that was kind of the big news going around the club yesterday. That's a big injury list for sporting. One of those players had COVID, of course. We're not going to know which player it was. Uh, I'm not even going to make assumptions there. I just hope whoever has it uh, recovers well and can be back in the lineup for sporting um, as soon as he's healthy. Now, Minnesota United also have a lengthy injury report. Goalkeeper Tyler Miller is still out. Uh, they're back up to him. I'm not going to pronounce the last name. Greg... Ranjit Singh, a defender at Kopara, one of the best defenders in Major League Soccer, is still out. He's been out for a while. They'll be without midfielder Ozzy Alonso. That's huge in the midfield. Uh, Ford's Luis Maria and Ethan Finlay will be out. And then Aaron Schoenfeld will be out. So lengthy from Minnesota, but Mason Toy is still in that lineup. He's looked very good since the restart. You have a player like... Uh, Emmanuel Reynoso, and we got to talk about him. Peter talked about him on Friday, uh, the number 10 for Minnesota United, and listening to, I believe it was just the Sporting Kansas City show earlier this week, they had Callum Williams on, of course, the former Sporting play-by-play -play, now at Minnesota United, had a lot of great things to say about Reynoso from watching him play against Real Salt Lake midweek. But... Um, the importance for Reynoso being that number 10, getting the wear that number 10 meant so much to him when he came to Minnesota United. Uh, he believes that sold him on the club, and he looked really, really good against Real Salt Lake in not even the full 90 minutes. He got um, taken out a little early, 
probably the rest of his legs. He is who sporting should be concentrating on. I know they had this conversation on their show about this is really the first pure number 10 Busio's faced in that number 6 role. So I'm very intrigued with that matchup between Busio and Reynoso. Um, should be a very, very good one in the sporting and Minnesota midfields. Uh, Minnesota United winning their past few games. They've looked really good. Um, I mean, there's not much you can really say there. But Minnesota will be a definite challenge for sporting. Um, this will be the third match between the two teams. Uh, sporting lost the first one in Orlando. That was a 2-1 to one result. In the final seconds, um, Minnesota United found all three points at the death. And then they beat Minnesota United in Minnesota at the beginning of this new Phase 2 schedule. Uh, a couple of own goals, but it has been their only win through the uh, five, soon-to-be six games, unless they can pull it out tonight. And then uh, tonight will, of course, be the third matchup. So there's a little bit of familiarity between the two teams here. It should make for a very compelling and enticing game. And I asked Peter on Friday during that media availability what it is that Minnesota United do so well to kind of be on this hot streak, what he's seen on tape, and here's what he responded with. I, again, I just think that they're a, from front to back, they're a very solid team. They, they defend well as a group. Um, they have a real competitiveness to them in that regard. Uh, they like to break out on the counter. Um, but they can keep the ball if they have to in your end. Um, in, and they're athletic uh, in, in, in the right spots on the field, which then can pose you know, uh, some real difficulties when it comes to the counter. Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't know if there's one thing uh, when, I, when, you, when you talk about how do you expose the, uh, another team. I think one of the things is that we have to be good at the things that make us who we are. And, uh, you know, we're working towards that. I wouldn't say that we're good at the things that make up who we are. We have to be better. And so we'll continue to keep working on it. something we've done this week. And so uh, we understand that we're going up against a team that, as you said, has been in good form and has played really well. And, and, and that's why I think it'll be a good game. And you can hear there just so much of what Vermees's focus is on. It's on his team not what Minnesota United are doing, not what they've done so well over the past few outings. Uh, he, he was really focused on, like, there's not one thing that we can do. Uh, we got to play um, our best. We got to play our game. And within their game, they'll be able to break down this Minnesota United team who likes to sit in the compact formation, often defending in a 4-4-2, but with a very, very new element in Reynoso that should be fun to watch. After Ramiz talked to the media on Friday, we got to hear from outside back Jalen Lindsay, who's a 20-year-old um, who also came up through the Youth Academy at Sporting and has played every game for Sporting KC since Orlando. Uh, against Houston, he played right back opposite of Graham Zussi. He had the hard task in the Peter Ramiz's 4-3-3 as in that formation, the four, uh, fullbacks usually go forward. You see it with Zussi, who's often caught in the midfield. Uh, who's so effective in those ways. Lindsay's also tasked with covering a lot of ground in those positions because once Sporting get caught up, a lot of opposing teams try and exploit the space left out wide because of the attacking fullbacks and that aggression. So at 20, he's trying to go attack forward, 
come defend back. A lot of ground to cover for him. And uh, he talked about playing alongside center, a center back like Matt Beasler, playing opposite Graham Zusi, and what it's been like for him to have that veteran leadership, um, some of Sporting's most veteran players, of course, on the ba- on that back line and getting to learn from them every day in practices and in games. Uh, Jalen, um, you, you know, you were asked earlier about the old guys. I don't want to call them old because I'm way older, but Beasler and Zussi being a mentor to you. You're one of the more experienced guys with the first team. Um, how are you helping, you know, guys like Cam and, and Felipe and some of the other ones, maybe Tyler, for example? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, like learning from Bees and Zeus, uh, they have great leadership in the team and uh, just picking up on what they do with, you know, their leadership skills. And I'm just trying to apply that to myself and apply that to the others. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I feel like I've done a good job with, you know, encouraging like guys like Cam, Felipe, uh, Tyler when they're coming up and um, just, you know, giving that that confidence, you know, to go out there and do their thing because especially, I guess, for me as well, like coming up in my first year, uh, there's always those nerves of like, you know, how do I act with the team and uh, I got to play the right way on the field. Um, so I think I'm just like a good like, you know, little pathway to help them out and, you know, off, on and off the field uh, with their confidence. So, um, yeah, I just think just having those leadership skills that I've learned from, you know, Graham and Beasler, um, you know, and applying those to myself and, you know, Cam and all the other guys, all the, the other young Lindsay was a bit cut off at the ending there, but he did go on to talk about how learning from players like Zeusine Beefler helped him kind of be a leader for some more of the kids coming through Sporting's Academy, which has been a very exciting time for Sporting and young players coming up, especially this season. And then um, Vermees also talked a little bit about Lindsay and uh, his ability to play really anywhere, whether it be outside back. He even alluded to him playing a little bit of center back if need be for sporting. And uh, Lindsay talked a little bit to the media about Peter's comment there and just being versatile and playing alongside a back line of Beasler and Puncic and having Melia behind him. Hey, Jalen. Uh, congrats on getting consistent minutes out there and doing well with it. Um, you played on both the left and the right, and Peter said he could even put you at center back if he needs to. Can, can you talk about how your versatility, uh, you know, are, is a strength for you and getting you on the field? Uh, yeah, I think I think it helps a lot to have that because um, obviously that gives me, you know, I guess three positions to play on the field, and uh, I think it helps with, you know, at least getting me on the field to play a little bit. Um, obviously, everyone wants to play in the games and um, get those minutes, but I think just having the versatility to, to go you know, right back to left back. And like, I guess Peter said, to go center back. Um, I mean, it just shows how confident he is in me. And uh, I'm really excited. I'm really happy about that. So, um, you know, just having that versatility is very important just to, you know, in case, you know, stuff comes up uh, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to, I mean, see what happens and, um, you know, either playing right back, left back, or even center back. So. It was very nice to hear from a player like Jalen Lindsay about what he's been able to do so well on the field and how he's been able to fit into Peter Vermees' system. And speaking of Vermees, he went, I believe, 19 minutes, near 20 minutes, talking to the media on Friday, which was pretty lengthy, but a lot of very insightful things that I can't bring um, all of it here because the show uh, drag on too long. Uh, finally, we'll get into some of our questions of the week. Michael and I put this together. Uh, the first one is, 
can Sporting KC get back on the right foot? Only winning that game against Minnesota United 2-1 to a couple of weeks ago now. And then a series of draws and losses. That really Sporting should be getting at least three points from some of those games. How did they get back on that right foot against this really in-form and on-fire Minnesota United team? Um, and then their second question is, how will Sporting play with out some of their core players in different areas, of course, not having Hurtado, that's a late scratch. Uh, Hurt Sporting, not having players like Felipe Gutierrez, Alan Polito again, Shallowy, uh, players like that. How can they respond? Both teams are pretty even on the injury front. Both of them will be missing some key components. It just comes down to who can play the better 90 minutes on Sunday night. It should be a very, very fun game to watch, and uh, that's all we have for you here today. Uh, again, Sporting KC hosts Minnesota United tonight at 7.30 p.m., and Michael and I look forward to continuing to do these. We're still trying to work out the kinks on how we want to format this and what our schedule is, but we, we very much enjoy doing these. You can find me on Twitter at RipCityManiac. You can find Michael at MichaelHowie3. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the sporting game. There's been a lot of soccer, some Premier League action today and yesterday. And the NFL is back. Major League Soccer continues to go on. It's a very sports-filled weekend. So thanks for spending 18 minutes with me talking sporting, and we'll be back soon.